Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? Who can take your money? I wrote that, thank you. Who can give a bailout? Tell us to behave. And make the founding fathers roll over in their grave. I don't care if you hate me, I'm going to sing it anyway. Three hours of bold truth and excellence. You've just signed up for the WBR Army. Welcome aboard. This is the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Uh, welcome back. Hour two of the Wendy Bell Radio program. Delighted to be with you. Uh, you know what? There comes a moment in most of our lives. It is a, a an uncomfortable moment. Because we find out that something that we've done is wrong. No matter how great our intention, no matter how well we executed something. We were wrong. And you're forced to, to decide what, how are you going to handle that? Are you going to double down and say, nah, <laughs> right? Nah, yeah, nah. Or is there a saving face, I'm sorry, guilty apology? Well, I think something from the heart usually works. For instance, if when the Dylan Mulvaney debacle started for Bud Light, And they saw the writing on the wall because there was a cataclysmic drop in sales for Bud Light. It wasn't something that took time. It was on the spot. It didn't get sold anymore. People walked right by it. The people at Anheuser-Busch InBev had an opportunity to say, you know, we apologize. We believe that all people of all walks of life should want to drink our products. Uh, but we we went too far, and we're sorry. Now, they still would have lost people. But I think the lion's share of us, I think the majority of us are a forgiving people because we know we're not perfect either. This guy from Deadspin, it's a website. I've never paid attention to it, can't tell you much about it. Well, he's got an opportunity to either eat some crow or to look like a big dope and i'm gonna go with dope so let's talk about this story you guys remember we brought it up to you yesterday talking about the kansas city chiefs fan this is a young man his name is holden armenta we now know and holden armenta was with his family they're from california they were at the kansas city chiefs game avid fans avid fans he had his face painted half red half black but a picture that this dead spin sports reporter who likes to tell everybody he was Pulitzer Prize nominated. 
Okay. Decided to take a screen grab of the young man, faced one way, so all you could see is the black on his face. And he alleged, in an article, not a tweet, not a thought, not a, that's weird. I wonder why that kid's doing that. He decided to write an article about how racism is taught at home. Clearly, this boy is the product of a bad upbringing. Look, he's a double bigot. He's got the, he's got the Indian headdress. Uh, and then he's got the black face. Unbelievable. Of course, with context from Community Notes and Elon Musk delighted in pointing that out. Ah, another moment when Community Notes adds context of truth to someone who sucks. He said, well, wait a minute. There was red and black. And then the reporter doubled down and said, okay, so all you idiots who said that he's just he's twice as much of a bigot. Well, it turns out that that reporter's not having a good week. It's only Wednesday, and yet here we are. Very bad week for the Deadspin reporter, the company, and one of its senior writers, Karen J. Phillips. Now, I'm going to say his name is Karen. <laughs> it's Karen or Karan or whatever, and he's so important that he put up a pronouncer. He's pinned on his Twitter page a pronouncer of his name as though anybody gives a rip. Whatever, dude. That's narcissism incarnate. So this guy published a hit piece Monday designed to cancel a young Kansas City Chiefs fan for the apparent crime of painting the team's colors on his face during the team's Sunday road game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Is that still weird to you guys that it's Las Vegas Raiders? It is to me. Just to recap, the image on the left, oh, the one with the side work, to the, the one on the right shows the actual face paint. Then it goes on in this article, goes through. The, okay. A young fan who had the misfortune to have his face broadcast for the nation to see during the CBS airing of the game was accused by Phillips of wearing blackface and engaging in so-called cultural appropriation for wearing the headdress. You know, at some point, we just need to say to people, you suck. You are not a value to the human race. Please go somewhere else and be miserable and look for racism through your weird lenses somewhere away from we the people because we're tired of you and you're annoying. Well... It's unfortunate that it turns out the young man, uh, this Holden Armenta, (laughs) is Native American. I know. Isn't that just so unfortunate? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it has come out that the young guy is a Native American himself. Mom of young Kansas City Chiefs fan hits back a deadspin reporter's claim he was wearing blackface and says her son is, in fact, Native American. So I went on this reporter's Twitter page because I had to, you know, nice job, dude. Just I like brevity is the soul of wit, right? There you go. You're you're a turd. He's deleted all of his posts about this young man. Now, look. We all find ourselves in weird circumstances where we believe something is something that it is not. I am guilty as charged. I've had to eat grow more times than I'd wish to admit, often with the people closest in my life. And I am accustomed to making sincere apologies and trying to do better. This, however, this guy, Karen Phillips, has, has a decision to make. Because, my man, you can slither away into presumptive anonymity, but you really can't because you inserted yourself in something that wasn't there. Why 
do so many people have to make up stories to insert themselves somewhere in a public discussion? Is it insecurity? Is it mental illness? Are they clone troopers who've been indoctrinated in public schools? I can't tell you that. I don't know who this guy is. I don't know what he's all about. I know that he stepped in a giant, steaming, and foul turd sandwich. And there is no wiping it off of his shoe right now. Deleting your stuff, dude, doesn't make it go away. The parents actually just sat back and watched this thing blow up. If I were the parent, now, do you really want to sue? Do you want to get into some litigation over this? I'm not a very litigious individual. However, dot, dot, dot. If it was my little boy who loved his team, who's, by the way, a Native American, part of the Chumash Indians, his grandfather serves on the Santa Inez band of Chumash Indians, isn't that such an inconvenient wrinkle in this story of ah racist cultural appropriations? These are the people who believe that they can talk to you about your privilege or about your fragility. You know what, dude? We're just trying to make ends meet and do right by our families. It's Christmas time. We want to get some stuff under the tree. We want Santa to arrive at our house. I don't need you chirping nonsense that doesn't exist because you have small man syndrome and you're an inherent narcissist. Bummer. (laughs) It's delicious, though. So how do you save face? Is there a way to save face? If this reporter came out and said, and this is just, I guess my example. I mean, aren't we a forgiving people? Don't we always root for people who are who are in the poo pile getting stomped on? We're always curious about how are they going to extricate themselves and wipe off the yuck. How do you do that? You're just a good person. Can, can he be a good I don't know. I'm sorry is what I would start with. I'm sorry. I went after a little boy enjoying a an American pastime. And by the way, do you know that the Native Americans in in record numbers, they don't want the chief's name to go away. They're not offended by the tomahawk chop. They're not worried about the word redskins. It's these meddling, triggered, activated social justice morons who are products of indoctrination, who have arisen from Frankenstein's table, and they are out on the prowl to make everything we do suck. Look, I'm a Steelers fan. I just want to see a win every now and again, right? It's not complicated. This is where we are. This is where rampant, I see racism everywhere, ideology blows up do the right thing mr phillips say you're sorry grow a set and do what's right coming up next on the wendy bell radio program do not go anywhere at least things are going super well for target oh <laughs> yeah no no it's not good for them either i've got it for you next i think there is a uh 
There's a limited time window where the patience of common sense Americans will permit crazy to continue roaming this great country. And that window is closing quickly because I do believe we also can only take so much. It's so ridiculous. Everything is based on emotion. Target apparently hasn't gotten the message. (laughs) You got to give them credit. I mean, if you're going to go down in a ball of flames, might as well do it this way. Did you see this? <laughs> there is a very effeminate dude who I guess is a tranny who is a new spokesperson for them. He's worked for the company for a while, but now this is really going to be the front facing LGBT. Why do you need clothes if you're gay or bi or trans or whatever the hell you are? Why do you need special clothes necessarily for that? Well, they buy and they tuck, they do. Why do you need to have rainbows and, you know, unicorns? And why do we have to target it towards babies? And why do you need books about it? It's not about equal. It's about extra. We want to make all of you uncomfortable, you prudes. You know, you monogamous freaks <laughs> who raise your children and do the best you can, right? You guys are so last century. Target picks Christmas time (laughs) to hire in-your-face transgender activist. It's never somebody who can just be gay or trans quietly. There's got to be a performance. There is a costume. There's There's the manner of talking. There's all of this stuff. And you're like, why? I don't care. I re- I'm sorry. I mean, it might be some, something bad about me, but I'm woefully apathetic about what other people do. That's your life. You be you. Hopefully it makes you happy. Well, there's an old saying about the definition of insanity, of course. Keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. You've heard that a thousand times. Folks at Bud Light seem to have gotten the message from their customers. They've gone back to just trying to sell beer. Throwing in a few sprinkles of patriotism because that's what we used to like about them when that ship hadn't sailed. But over at Target, it appears to be business as usual. The backlash that Target faced in June during Pride Month over tuck-friendly swimwear for kids. For kids, that was the part. Wasn't enough for the retail giant to get the message from its customers that marketing the transgender agenda to children was not appropriate. And it makes us angry. Now Target is back just in time to insult its Christian customers at Christmas time. Ho, ho, ho. And a new marketing hire with the attitude that you will accept the Pride theme merch and you will like it. <laughs> the newest addition to the Target team is named Eric Thompson. Thompson goes by the name, the moniker, Gay Cruella. Why? Why? Because... Like this reporter from Deadspin. They're desperate for your attention. Pay attention to me. Jeez. Thompson may have started as a run-of-the-mill diversity hire, having spent roughly 10 years with Target before his new position. He's now the senior LGBTQIA plus segmentation strategist and pride lead. How do you put that on a business card? I don't know. Right? Doesn't your mind hurt? You're like, ooh, I just needed to go in and buy an avocado. I didn't need, like, rainbow, LGBTQIA, segmentation strategist, and pride lead. You could be pride, prideful all you want. 
We don't care. (laughs) Stop forcing us to care. You're forcing people who normally don't care what other people do to get ticked. And there are a lot of different places for us to spend our money, right? Now, this Eric Thompson, who goes by Gay Cruella, is making no bones about his own personal agenda, which seems to be the point, to fit right in with targets, of course. Once on social media, he declared, I want to make art, arty, and I want to make trouble, tagging Target corporate headquarters. I... Okay, Target, good luck with that. I personally don't shop there anymore because I think they suck. Anyway, you know what it is, Brock? It is that time, and I I hope you guys enjoy this because it is a special, special lib of the week. Time now for the Wendy Bell Radio Programs. Love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. Liberal of the week. Let's not focus on teaching. Let's not do math, writing, history. Let's not talk about anything but pronouns. Welcome to this teacher's view of your children. One of my favorite teachable moments I've had as an educator came from students disrespecting pronouns. Now let me explain. Pronouns are a delicate art, especially in public school systems. So what I've always done in school and at after school programs is during introductions, I always give mine. And in my little list of things I want to know, I say, you may specify your pronouns. You can also find me after. (laughs) Just so no one is forced and no one makes a big deal out of it. It's really more for parents than students. And it's always a mixed bag. Generally speaking, people just say them or don't say them and don't make a production. But, you know, once once a group, you'll get somebody making some kind of joke. And this is where it gets teachable. One, I have a good sense of who's joking, but I don't know for sure. So what am I going to do? Say to a class of kids, okay, good one, about a kid's actual name and pronouns? No. I take every single student at face value, and I just immediately respect whatever they say. Oh, boy. And I will call them that name and pronouns as long as they let me. Oh, goody. I hope she's got her fingers somewhere around your kids, right? No, I don't. That's what we're up against, ladies and gentlemen. These people, they projected on social media for you. Up next, Jamie Comer versus Hunter Biden. Don't miss it. You know, it's difficult being a concrete thinker in a emotionally sponge-worthy world where where you're told that the dollars and cents, the hard facts don't matter. It's all this nuance. People who need nuance, I distrust. And, And maybe that's wrong, but I don't think it is. Think of all the time that these people have wasted. Think of all these protesters who are already on the double. Because they put out on social media, hey, we need 45 so-and-so protesters to meet at this street corner where Rosalind Carter's funeral is happening in Atlanta to be malignant jerks with signs enchanting about Palestine. The rules of decorum... The law of class, of dignity, of decency, of basic right and wrong, it's gone. It's, it's gone. I'm going to glue my hands to the pavement and disrupt the Macy's Day Parade. Because that's going to move the needle. In the world in which I live, 
right is right, wrong is wrong, and there could be confusion about one or the other, but ultimately one side prevails. This whole thing with the Biden crime family syndicate, don't, don't allow that to be on the back burner for you because I want it to be. They want Joe Biden to have immunity to continue being what he's been for, I would imagine, a big chunk of his political career. And no, it's not inept, but that's a good answer. Dirty. All of it is dirty. Hunter Biden plays games with House testimony. James Comer lays down the law and smacks Jamie Raskin. You might think it's odd that I have hyperspaced into Hunter Biden's world a few times. I wonder what it would be like to be part of a family that was not based on love. You don't get this prevailing feeling among the Bidens of this this tender, deep abiding history love. It's weird. It's uncomfortable. You've got a family there that won't acknowledge their seventh grandchild. And so instead of putting up their stockings at the mantle in the White House, they just scrapped them all together. I don't want to have to talk about that little girl named Navy who Hunter fathered with a stripper. She doesn't exist. This is not a good family. This is not a family that cares about America. This is not a family that cares about American safety, security, about America first. This is a family that cares about themselves. They're as narcissistic as that deadspin writer who decided to call a little boy with face paint on a bigot. Right. They're as narcissistic as any of these players, this target hire, this tranny guy who wants who wants Christmas to be about making art artier and, and being more flamboyant and making people uncomfortable, whatever. Hunter Biden believes. That he should be able to produce a theatrical something or other in public for Jamie Comer and House Oversight. And so he's agreed. He's been subpoenaed. We told you about that earlier this month. Jim Biden, Hunter Biden, et cetera, et cetera. Come forward. We've got questions for you. Here's the standard operating. It's not right in front of everybody. They have a back door transcripted interview and give and go under oath prior to the public hearing. This is how they've always done it. It's not just something new now. All these whistleblowers who have testified before House Oversight, House Judiciary, from Gary Shapley to Joseph Ziegler to Stephen Sond to Stephen Friend, all of these various people who've blown the whistle and have come forward under their own peril, in their own peril, to testify. They've already testified to the committee And they have written testimony there. And then there is the public facing. This is for everybody to see. This is why I love C-SPAN. I say it's much watch TV, must watch TV. 47 million people a week. Let's go. Why? I want to know what these people are doing. So Hunter says, you know what? I'll comply. But I'm going to comply only if this is televised. Only if it's in front of the world. I got some stuff to tell. Gotta love Jamie Comer. So here's your story. Redstate.com, Hunter Biden playing games with House testimony. James Comer whooshed, lays down the law, smacks Jamie Raskin. That's a one-two punch I can get behind. Apparently somebody convinced Hunter Biden he could bully Representative James Comer, who heads up the House Oversight Committee investigating the Biden family corruption. Let's just say that that's not going very well. It's not, not a good look. 
Things started Tuesday morning, about this time yesterday, when Hunter Biden's lawyer, Abby Lowell, let it be known that his client would graciously comply with the congressional subpoena issued by Comer. The catch was that the president's son only wanted to appear in a public hearing. On Tuesday morning, Hunter Biden's attorney, Abby Lowell, informed the House Oversight Committee, this is a quote, that his client would comply, blah, 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 but only for public. Subpoena specifically requires Hunter to sit for a closed door deposition. My man. And I don't know if I'm talking to Hunter or his hack team of lawyers. How dare you? How dare you? I'm the president's son. Well, the president sucks and so do you. Uh, I don't think it's a stretch. We all know where the cocaine came from. I mean, it could be a huge mystery. Where did that possibly come from? I don't know. Maybe from the addict, the son of the president. I mean, is that, I'm going to roll the dice on that. Seems risky. How dare you? How dare you think you freaking matter? How dare you believe that you're above the law? And so Comer, now. Public testimony always is a political risk for whatever committee is investigating. We'll remember Hillary Clinton with Benghazi, and and she was able to basically save her own face in that. And when you've got the left and the media clipping things specifically for the evening newscasts, they know what they're up against in these committees. So why give Hunter Biden and his Democrat colleagues an immediate public platform to obfuscate and, and set their own narrative about why the Biden family had 20 different shell companies, uh, why they made tens of millions of dollars from foreign countries, why it was that Hunter Biden appeared uh, to be hitching a ride on Air Force Two so commonly when his dad was traveling ostensibly as the vice president on foreign business stuff. Well, you know why. But of course, they need this opportunity to give you their reason why. So it can be spread to the world via the media. Hunter Biden, I never, ever talked to my dad (laughs) about my business dealings. Okay, buddy. So Comer responded to Hunter Biden's ultimatum by laying down the law. Quote, Hunter Biden is trying to play by his own rules instead of following the rules required of everyone else that will not stand with House Republicans, our lawfully issued subpoena to Hunter Biden requires him to appear for a deposition on December 13th, Comer released in a statement Tuesday. We expect full cooperation with our subpoena for a deposition, but also agree that Hunter Biden should have the opportunity to testify in a public setting at a future date. You're not going to do it now. You can later, but not now. Hunter Biden does not get to choose how he complies with a subpoena. Legally, he's required to appeal, appear for the closed door testimony December 13th because that's what the subpoena requires. There is no but I'm the president's son exception that allows him to dictate that he will only appear in public. The arrogance, the narcissism, but I think the underlying weakness and insecurity which probably predicated his drug abuse, coming from a dysfunctional family, seeing dysfunctional things happen at, a, at an alarming rate, I'm going to opine, doesn't lead to a really mental health-filled existence. I do not feel sorry for Hunter Biden. Jamie Raskin, however, <laughs> he complained about the development and about Comer through his House Oversight Committee account on Twitter, of course. And this is very interesting because Jamie Comer fights back. 
So let me get this straight, says Jamie Raskin. After wailing and moaning for 10 months about Hunter Biden and alluding to some vast, unproven family conspiracy. My man, Raskin, put the do-rag back on. At least let us feel sorry for you, because you're just terrible. Chairman Comer and the oversight Republicans now reject his offer to appear before the full committee in the eyes of the world and to answer questions that they pose. What an epic humiliation for our colleagues. Well, it's kind of interesting because remember Steve Bannon? When Democrats controlled the House and they were going after President Trump with their 85 avenues of investigation, subpoena and nonsense everything his home his work his family's blah, 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 all of it right 85 different things that they spent their entire time digging into and got nothing on him jamie raskin then was saying at the time when steve bannon said i'm not interested in appearing before you clowns and he was held in contempt Bannon, he said, would have to first sit for a taped deposition behind closed doors, as has been the process for other witnesses. So Jamie Comer screen grabs that tweet that Jamie Raskin had put out regarding Steve Bannon saying, I'm not going to appear. Oh, yeah, you are. This is the process. You sit down for a closed door session with us first. That's the way it's always been. So when Raskin was like, oh, my gosh, so they're not going to let him do this in public? Comer sends out a tweet attaching that that Jamie Raskin had said about Steve Bannon and said, is this you? Is this you, Jamie? I remember you saying that. It has been a very interesting give and go. Now, Democrats may be hypocrites, of course, but there is no requirement for Republicans to play along. And they have been the mealy-mouthed, namby-pamby, Follow alongers for far too flippin' long. Period. Raskin previously demanded Steve Bannon appear in closed door testimony before appearing publicly. What's good for the goose, my friends? May Hunter Biden testify under oath in a setting that he and his lawyers can't easily manipulate. And then once all the evidence has been granted and gathered, stick it to him in a public hearing and tear him apart. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I will be here all week. Right? It's not complicated. Pushback. No, these are the rules. I don't care that your last name is Biden. You don't get to break the law. You don't get to have the FBI run interference for you and go into the gun store and get your application and tear it up. You don't get to have the FBI go and alert your team that you can go move all of your storage facility things out just as we're about to come and raid it. That's not what we do. Pushback is sweet. Don't go anywhere. Coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio program. Well, now you don't say. Ah, National Archives has found 700 electronic files relating to Joe Biden's aliases. Get out. Let's dig into them next. You know, we used to have uh, we used to have a media. And while I don't know exactly how long ago it was corrupted, and stopped presenting actual objective, observable news and gave you the information you need to make the best decisions for you, um, we used to actually have the checks and balances in media. 
But now it's all so trashy and garbage and biased and everything. Look, I've got my own opinions and I, and I share them unabashedly here. But if I was back in my old job as a TV news anchor here in Pittsburgh, where I worked for 18 years, you would never guess what my political proclivities were. It's highly unprofessional, has absolutely nothing to do with news. News is news. It's fact finding. Mm. Not anymore. Because now we don't get our information from news. We get it from Freedom of Information Act requests. That's how we're now getting breaking through the stonewalling and the slow walking, the obfuscation of corruption. Got to file a Freedom of Information Act request. Breaking. National Archives finds hundreds of files in probe of Biden's email aliases. Well, you don't say. I was under the impression that there were just so many that there's just not enough time. We don't have the staff. I mean, how how are we going to do this for you? The National Archives has identified approximately 731 electronic files related to an investigation into former Vice President Joe Biden's use of alias email accounts. You guys have lots of different email accounts, alias email accounts, right? Because that's normal. Most people do that with their burner phones, (laughs) right? Are your fingerprints burned off your... (laughs) I've been watching too many shows. The discovery stemming from a Freedom of Information Act request filed by the Heritage Foundation, love them, adds to the questions about the transparency and conduct of Joe Biden during his vice presidential tenure. The FOIA, Freedom of Information Act request, filed in October and first reported by the Daily Signal, sought access to records pertaining to the creation and use of Biden's pseudonym emails and related policy documents. The request specifically targeted email aliases such as... <laughs> I mean, it's just so stupid. It's just so stupid. <laughs> Robin Ware, J.R.B. Ware, and Robert L. Peters. <laughs> he just needs under for the first name. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, I hate having to dumb you people down. I'm super sorry. Okay. The National Archives, in its response, acknowledged the existence of these files, which must now undergo a thorough review process (laughs) now this comes at a time when the biden administration they're already under scrutiny various reasons you got hunter trying to be a turd succeeding abby lowell ah the identified documents could provide insights into biden's communication practices and whether they conformed to the legal and ethical standards expected of someone in his position (laughs) duh Of course not. Why did you have to file a freedom of information act request to get them because they don't want you to see them It's like the chain of custody logs and the routers and all that stuff. Earlier this month, House Oversight Chair James Comer, mm, love me some James Comer, accused the Biden administration of of obstructing the House's impeachment probe by withholding 99.98% of emails sent by Biden, including thousands written under his aliases. They're being held by the National Archives because they're not partisan at all. And they're relevant to the impeachment inquiry into President Biden. The aliases were used to discuss business and to share government information with Hunter, two associates, Eric Schwerin and Devin Archer. We know this. Comer's office has revealed this. Oh, because these people sat down for transcribed under oath 
you know, behind closed doors testimony. That's how. The Southeastern Legal Foundation release, recently filed a lawsuit calling on the organization to release roughly 5,400 emails. Coma requested that the National Archives release all communications in which then-Vice President Biden used any of his pseudonyms. National Archives has to provide them, yada, yada, yada. The shocking treasure trove, the 700-plus electronic documents, came as an acknowledgement by the National Archives and Records Administration of possessing up to 5,400 emails connected to then-Vice President Joe Biden's aliases. The disclosure was brought on by a lawsuit by the Southeastern Legal Foundation. They want to get all these documents. National Archives discovery of discovery. Let's put those in air quotes. Discovery of these files is a demonstration of the power of a Freedom of Information Act request. All the files are reviewed, then they are all processed, and they could then shed light on the workings of the Biden vice presidency. The only reason you don't want to comply is because you've got something to hide. So remember when Donald Trump was accused of, of going after his political opponent and that phone call with Zelensky, right? That got everybody's pants on fire, allegedly. Ah, oh, so what did Donald Trump do? He said, that was a perfect phone call. There was nothing weird in that phone call. And then he got, he made the transcribed call, all the words that were said. He released it to the public for you to see. When you have nothing to hide, it does not take a subpoena. It does not literally take an act of Congress. It doesn't have to take a Freedom of Information Act request for you to open the books or release the router or to dig into the ballots or to study the surveillance camera to release that video. You don't have to create a presentation, i.e. the January 6th committee, to sway public opinion. Facts speak for themselves. And when the facts say you suck, that's why we have to go through these things. All right. When we come back, our holy cow, hour number three of the Wendy Bell radio program. Never, ever, ever forget what they did to you. We're going to talk military, specifically pilots damaged by the vaccine. It's not something to keep quiet. It needs to be said loudly. And we will next on the Wendy Bell radio program. <laughs> 